Starcourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Starcourt Study Hall. Today we have our coffee, mm-hmm. and Amanda made a banana bread <laughs> that was in the shape of a lobster. If you could just think of a lobster in the shape of a baking pan, you can probably deduce what this cake actually was shaped like, <laughs> because it was not a lobster. <laughs> if you need a hint, lobsters have two big claws on the bottom, and then the rest of their body is kind of long. And when you bake something in a pan that has details... Often those details don't really come out in the loaf that you've baked in it. So it just looks like two claws and a long thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> hope that helped. It was a tasty banana bread, though. I mean, that's all that matters. <laughs> so, yeah, on that note, <laughs> today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be wrapping up season two because we don't really just want to like be like, okay, well, that was the gate. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We're going to do like a nice little wrap up here with where we discuss our themes that we had talked about at first, but we, I think we were asleep for those, honestly. I know. And uh, some theories that people had after season two aired about season three. So those are fun. And we're also going to do our second Stranger Things State of the Union address. Here, here. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> got to get up and clap at certain moments and then mm-hmm. sit back down and then get up and clap and then sit back down. And we will not be taking questions. We will not be taking questions. And then after we're done, Amanda's going to rip up my speech. <laughs> <laughs> Standing behind me. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to do our season two wrap up and theories episode today. Yay. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is get into our State of the Union. And mm. by this, we mean, where is everyone? What What are they doing? How are things? Is everyone Okay. <laughs> Maybe. So No. No. So we're we're gonna just do this kinda quick and and uh simple. Are they are they good? Are they not? Are they dead? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our first character, Elle, where's she at? She's alive. She is alive and she did just save the world, so that feels like a good thing. Yeah, and she got to go to the to the dance and she got to kiss Mike. Yeah. So all things considered, Elle's doing pretty good. I think she's doing better now than she was at the end of season one. I'd say so. Right? She wasn't like around. <laughs> yeah, she was in the upside down. So Sure. Yeah. All right. How about Will? How's he doing? Yeah, he's alive. Again, yeah, he's alive. Uh, you know, he's not like flayed anymore. True. So that's good. He got, got to him. also dance with someone. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Whether he enjoyed that or not is up to anyone but he did it yeah again i feel like he's kind of at the same point that he was at the end of season one like he's like okay but he's not great but he's alive yes and you know if if we were going by just what he knows 
everything is back to normal and good and things are going to get better. So for Will, he's doing all right. How about Mike? Again, he's alive. Yes. And he he has his lady. He has his lady. He has Elle. So I think he's happy about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I think he's good. (laughs) Yeah, I think Mike is, I think he's fine. I honestly feel like he might be one of the better people right now. Like yeah. that he, I, I mean, his whole thing in season two was he missed Elle. Mm-hmm. It, all the anger and all of that was coming from that, I feel like. So I think he's probably doing better than most on this list. Agreed. I think he is. He's, he's, in, he's in a good spot after yeah. season two. How about Lucas and Dustin? Why are they together? I don't know. They were together in our first Stranger Things State of the Union. Okay. So I just kept them together. Okay. They just go together. I feel like, yeah, they're, they're alive. Yeah. They're also fine. Everybody seems fine. Don't right. they seem fine? Everybody's cool. Like, they're like, great, we did it. World saved. Case closed. Dustin has a new friend. Yeah. Lucas more or less has a girlfriend. Right. Um, I think these two are feeling good. I mean, Dustin doesn't have a girlfriend yet. Yet, but that's coming Impending. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Lucas and Dustin are... They're good too. Everybody's doing really well. Yeah, I think good all thing of- nothing comes in longs to ruin that. Nope. <laughs> nothing comes in longs. <laughs> I hate it when things come in longs. <laughs> like my banana bread. <laughs> uh, just just if you're recording a podcast, don't record on 930 on a Saturday. No, it's not the best time. <laughs> you might be a little punchy. Uh, how about hopper i think he's all right i mean (laughs) he's definitely alive he is he's having to like fight this battle of giving l her freedom but also keeping her safe and i think he's officially more open to the freedom piece of this than he was at the start of season two and throughout season two big time so he's kind of coming to terms with the fact that he needs to let her have her space yeah even though she is important to the government for one reason or the next (laughs) she is important to the government (laughs) like not in great ways yeah not in a good way though i feel like he's also doing pretty well because he now is legally Elle's dad yeah yeah like he he has a daughter again for for reals Yes, that is so true. What a nice fact. Yeah. It's my fast fact for the day. Opera has a daughter again. <laughs> wow. Well, we're doing great. All right. How about Joyce? Uh, Joyce is always... She, well, she's alive. Got to check in. Yep. Ding. Um, alive. Check. The life status. Um, she is alive. I don't know. She's a tough one because I feel like her anxiety just keeps becoming... Like, it's just compounded and compounded and compounded. Mm-hmm. She keeps having things to worry about and things to do. Yeah. And it almost feels like her decision to fixate on magnets in season three (laughs) is like looking for something less serious to fixate on. Yeah. To to like distract herself from everything else she's been through. Right. Like, yeah. And and like, I mean, she just lost Bob also. So she's not doing too hot there. And her boys are both up and out. Yeah. Like they're out of here. You get the, like, scene of her microwaving that lasagna (laughs) and drinking wine. Yes. And she's alone. She is. And she's, like, an empty nesting type vibe from Joyce in season three. I know. And in in a way, it's, like, 
I mean, maybe I shouldn't talk about it too much so we can dissect this in season three, but like, Mm -hmm. it seems like in a way she kind of relishes the alone time, but I could see that, but I I think she's, she wants it, but I think she wants to be with Bob more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she's grieving. Yeah. She's grieving. That's her state. Yeah. And I mean, you know, she's doing okay because her son is again alive and doing all right as far as she knows, Mm -hmm. but yeah. How about Jonathan? Jonathan is alive and he's got the girl. Yeah, he, he right. He got the girl. He got the girl. His brother is no longer flayed. <laughs> he's got a job. Yeah, coming up. So Same. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he seems alright as he seems as okay as Jonathan Byers can be. I was gonna say this. This. Uh, is like this and the beginning of season three is like peak Jonathan Byers happiness. I feel like agreed. Like you get them smiling at each other yeah. at the snowball. He's there taking pictures. Yeah, and he seems That's to be such like a good assessment. Yeah, and he seems like really uh, into his family time. I mean, he always mm-hmm. is, but like, so yeah, it's cute. So dude, Jonathan's doing pretty good too. I think he's doing well. Yeah, and Nancy, Nancy's good. Yeah, she she's got Jonathan now. She's not with Steve. She looks happier now with Jonathan at the end of season two. Yeah. Remember how she looked at the end of season one? She was with just Steve on the couch where she was like sitting next to each other. <laughs> like not even touching, just sitting next to each other on the couch. In their Christmas sweaters. Yes. So I think Nancy is definitely doing better. I also think she got her justice. Mm-hmm. She blew this thing wide open and her and Murray got what they wanted to get done and to some extent, she sort of did get some justice for Barb and Barb's parents in this season. Yeah. So Nancy's good. I think Nancy's doing well. How about Steve? Steven has a new best friend. Yes, Sneeve. And he's theoretically going to be graduating. Theoretically. Theoretically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does, but... He so does. I think Steve is doing well, but I think he's a little bit... Like down and out because the last scene we get of Steve is that he's like looking at Nancy yeah. at the snowball through the doors like longingly like he doesn't have her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think f- like I think Steve is doing better in the sense that he has found a purpose outside of Nancy. Yeah. But he he still pines for that with her. And I think too like having the context of season four like this is the thump. This is the head thump. Uh, yeah. We, that is. We witnessed it. We do. Yeah. Like her not taking his BS anymore and being with Jonathan. And yeah, it really, it really uh, gave him a new perspective. And we get to see that in real time. We do. And we see how off his game is in season three and four. Yeah, that's very true. She really like knocked him off his path a little bit, but Mm -hmm. in a good way, I think. All right. How about Miss Maxine? Max is, is alive. Yeah. Which we should probably make a point to note that she is alive. Yes, at this point. I think she's doing well. I think she has accepted, she's been integrated. Yeah, she has real friends now. Yeah, she was allowed into the party. That was like her big struggle all season was, can I come in? <laughs> knock, knock. Excuse me. Hello. Can I come into the party? Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> so she's in and she's with Lucas. And I had this thought when I was listening back to our gate episode that like, what did the kids do after they danced to every breath you take? Like, did they like dance to other songs? Did they go to the punch bowl? Did they sit at their table? (laughs) Did like Max and Elle speak to each other at all at the rest of the snowball? We still don't know. 
we don't. I just like I was picturing them all getting picked up from the snowball and like going home. Like I was like adding to the story. <laughs> they danced to three songs. And <laughs> yeah, I was just like picturing what the rest of their night would have looked like. That's like cute. maybe Mike and Mike and Will would have had a sleepover. I don't know, or they would have gone back and played D and D something. Cute. And but was Max there? I don't know. You know. Like yeah, how in how integrated has she become at this one month later? That's point? a good question. So I'm happy for Max. Me and too. she's got Lucas. She does. And she seems really happy about that. Yeah. How about Billy? I don't know about him. I don't know either. He he really weirded me out at the end of season two. Right? That last scene was like so eerie. Yeah, like what is the what does it imply when he's just like looking at her? Like at first I wanted to take the benefit of the doubt on him and maybe think that he was going to try to, like, extend a hand and tell her she looked nice or, like, do, do something brotherly maybe. But then she, you know, murdered him with her eyes. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know either. I think Billy, and I mean, we definitely said this, like, I don't know why he just surrendered so easily to that situation, except unless you were right when you said he got the vibe that she would ride him out to Neil and then all of a sudden he's got Neil yeah. On his back. Like a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the only explanation I can think of as to why he just backs down so easily. I just had a really cool thought. But what? we're going to talk about season three, so I'm not going to say it. I know. I There's so many things I want to say about season three, but it's not uh, time. <laughs> I just kind of, I'm just going to say it. Okay. I'm just going to say it because say I guess it. it's relevant. Yeah. Because I think Billy so far of all the characters we've talked to or talked about is probably the least good yeah. Like, we, he seems like the least okay. Yeah. And I think that the fact that the Mind Flayer or Vecna or whomever in season three targeted Billy oh. is like a first a first inkling that this is a trauma-targeting being. Wow. Right? That, that's actually great insight, and I'm really glad you said it. Yeah, because he seems like he's the least okay, and then we get in season four this whole trauma. Everybody's got trauma. Yeah, and Billy is the first. The first. I mean, Will is the first victim, sort of. Yeah, but I think it was because he was so tied to the upside down. He had bits of it in him already. Yeah, Billy feels like the first fresh pick of Hawkins. Yes, and I'm so glad you said that too, because I often wondered why Billy, because it always kind of made me sad for him, because it seemed like he was like on a better path. Mm-hmm. In a way, like he was sort of just in his own Working. lane. Yeah. yeah. And it, it made me sad for him that he got targeted, but I guess that makes sense now. Yeah. It's just like an emotional vulnerability was sensed because he is. Yeah. Like it seems he's like. Not whole in that way. Yeah. It seems like he's maybe softening, but also like, I don't know, Max did something to him. Like she, she had some sort of, that it was his thump. He had a thump on the head. Their relationship is so complex. It is. It is. I feel sorry for both of them in many ways, but... Like her screaming when he dies at the end of season three. Oh, it's awful. Heart-wrenching. Okay. Yeah. Billy, I don't know how he is, but I think he's the least good. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> doing... Well, he's he's second least good to uh, our next person, Bob. Yeah, I think everybody on the bottom half of this list isn't great. So, Bob, he's dead. So... <laughs> he's our first dead. He's our first dead one on this list. <laughs> Oh, Bob. Yeah. But he was a great addition and I'm sad that he's gone, but I'm not that much because I'm a good dropper. I know. I know. On Instagram, I was going back and forth one day with Chelsea and she said she doesn't like how they killed off Bob 
literally just to make room yeah for jobber that's and I true. Had never thought about it that way before yeah like i never thought about it as just a way to make that couple happen that's true i, I mean that's kind of essentially what it happened is. yeah it is yeah. like like joyce and bob were happy and fine and they were going to start a life together and the writers were like mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no thanks yeah no so bob as a killing off bob as a way to make room for hopper yeah but yeah. like i don't know what they would have done with his character i know like in a sense right i feel like they weren't gonna last because it sort of feels like bob was like he wouldn't have put up with this for so long i think mm. like i don't think joyce would have been ready to leave hawkins yet and i think bob wanted to desperately like just to get away from whatever you know they were dealing with he didn't know at the time but yeah it feels like Joyce probably wasn't ready so I don't know if they would have lasted long term anyway that made me think of like if Barb hadn't have died how would she have been woven into the fold of all this like how Hmm. would she have helped Nancy would she have resisted the truth but you know what I'm saying yeah I feel like she would have told her parents (laughs) (laughs) like Holly in season three she's a narc Okay. I can kind of see that. Right? So Bob is dead. Yes. Sorry. R.I.P. How about Owens? He's alive. We he don't is. see him at all in season three. We don't. We have no clue what happened to him in season three. He's just gone. I realized that the other day. Like, we just, this is the last we see of Owens until season four. Wait, just kidding. We do see, we see him in the last, like, almost the last scene of season three when he shows up at the mall. So <laughs> Owens is, he's alive. We don't see him much in season three. But he's he's definitely, like, referenced. He's, like, an off-screen character, basically, in yeah. season three. But, yeah, we don't see him for quite a while. And I do feel like we leave him off on this note of, like, we kind of talked about that, like, maybe I've gone too far mm-hmm. with science note. Like, maybe he starts to humanize Elle, and he's like, okay, I can help these people and not, not continue to hurt them. Yes. So he's kind of having a little bit of, like, a his conscience, I think, is awakening to what they've done to l yeah as a person yeah i think he's he's definitely making the shift from neutral to good Mm, yeah right like i feel like he definitely started out neutral where like he didn't want to cause harm but in the name of science he was like kind of okay with it but i think that he's begun like you said to humanize this whole process yeah agreed yeah how about uh murray he's he's great (laughs) murray is excellent He's living his best life. He just <laughs> he just exposed a plot. It's his favorite thing. <laughs> this is what he lives for. Exposing plots. <laughs> he is high on life right he really now. He is. He is like what I would get I would pay money to go to that tailgate outside Hawkins lab with the him. The tailgate. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love to hang out with him there. That seems like a great time. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, what about Kali? Uh I think she's alive for sure, unless we find out that she died somehow. That would Maybe be that'll be how they don't bring her back. <laughs> I don't, I would not appreciate that. I don't. Nor would I. That seems like a cop out. But yeah, she's, she's alive for sure. But I think that she's definitely shaken. Yeah. And I think she is also in a similar way to Owens. Like I think she and Steve, like there's like this thump on the head thing going yes. on. Yes. With all these characters, they're make they're having epiphanies or realizations or something that something's got to give or change. Hmm. I think when Elle walked out on Kali, she might have been like, hmm, that seemed like a, an inherently good person that just walked out of my life. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm the common denominator. It yes. seemed like she had a little bit of a moment of self-awareness at the end of season two, the that's, last time we saw Kali. Yeah. That's really interesting because that is maybe another theme we didn't another theme. talk about is like awakenings, realizations, yeah. Ooh. like self-awareness or I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man, there's so many themes. Is that even allowed? Does it count for a show to have themes if there's like a dozens of them? Right? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, like with like books and stuff, you pick out like three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's like a couple, the- like, you know, family, love, and trust. Like, yeah. Usually like related themes, but this one's just all over the place. All over the place. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho. And last but not least, this MF. How is he doing? He's feeling a little, um, I think he's a little, he's feeling like he's missing a part of himself because yeah, yes. part of himself is still in Hawkins. In Brimborn Steelworks. Yeah. He's making a house. <laughs> Out of rats. home. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Live, laugh, lobotomy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one for like flayed. <laughs> Friends, food, and flaying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's making him his his other his other part of himself is making a house. Yes, but he's feeling a little split. I think you know. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I think I think he's like low key embarrassed. Ooh, right. I think he's like egg on my face a little bit. He's Mm. he's like he's he's mad. He got bested. And there was something about the the pace at which the 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 dust left Will's body and like flew into the forest that yeah it felt a little bit like Mad. don't look at me yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> agreed yeah <laughs> must cover my shame like yeah he he does I think you're right I think he's a little embarrassed yeah I think that's like a big place that the revenge factor in season three is coming from wow yeah I think I think he's pissed off. This MF. This MF. I mean, was okay. bested by some children. Granted, we still don't know if that's Henry or not, but he's pissed. Yeah. Okay. That's our State of the Union. That's all of our friends and where they're at. I can't wait for the meat monster. Me too. He's a good character. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure we include him when we, yeah. Mr. Meaty McMonster. That's what we'll call him. <laughs> The meaty McMonster and the McRib. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about themes. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about we themes. We are so sorry. This this episode, I think Amanda and I are like half awake. Yeah. So themes. We're going to talk about this in two parts. So we're going to first talk about the themes that we originally mentioned when we did our season two overview. Yes. Which feels like... It was 20 weeks ago because it was. It, it was, but it, it almost feels longer. It does. So we're going to talk about the OG themes, and then we're going to talk about some themes that we didn't think of mm-hmm. at first, but we came up with as we were watching. So our first OG theme was like this like outcast. We never really came up with a good word for this because I feel like belonging was separate. Yeah. But it was like outcast and like feeling like the black sheep. So we listed a bunch of characters. Obviously, Max. Yes. Feeling like an outcast. We have the start of the season really starts off with Will feeling like an outcast, but that does kind of dissipate. Mm-hmm. We kind of lose that once he gets flayed. Yes. And then we also have Kali and Dottie and Funshine and Mick and Axel. 
Yes. And in our first, in our overview, I only had, we only had Kali here, but I tacked on everybody else because that's just the whole, that's their whole shtick. It is. Yeah. They're just kind of outcasts of society who found each other. Right. And then we obviously had Elle in a similar way to Will. Not doesn't really know her place, mm-hmm. especially socially. She's not really part of this group anymore in the same way that she kind of was in season one. Yeah. So Elle definitely is an outcast. And then Murray, for sure. Yeah. Murray is a, like definitely a social outcast, but he sort of likes it that way. On purpose. <laughs> yeah. He's chosen. Yes. He's a unique character in that sense. Which is another interesting thing. Like how many of these characters are choosing... To be outcasts and how many of them are just being thrust into that. Right. Just being rejected. Yeah. And then you have somebody who's on the cusp. Like you could argue that Kali's choosing that, Mm -hmm. but also making it like it's being thrust upon her. Because everything is. Yes. She doesn't do anything wrong. No, never. The other theme that we mentioned was love, family, identity. We kind of lumped these three into one. I think I added here. Yeah. So we mentioned Ellen Hopper. In this theme bucket. Mm -hmm. That's what these are. They are theme Theme buckets. buckets. Them trying to build a family as father and daughter. We also talked about Bob trying to make things right for the boys and Joyce. Like, how can I come in and maybe make this a little bit more normal? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I do that for these people? We talked about Elle's pursuit of family. So is it with Becky and Terry? Is it with Kali in Chicago? Or is is it in Hawkins with Hopper and the party? Yeah. And then we also talked about probably more in the context of identity, but the scene when they're trying to coax Will out of Will and they're making him recall, you know, all those great times. Yes. Like when dad left. And when your dad leaves you (laughs) and when you give your friend a present, but all you wanted or (laughs) when somebody gives you a present and you just wanted those crayons, like all those great memories. Yes. So we talked about all those things in this theme, but we didn't mention Billy's and Max's struggles with their new family dynamic. Yeah. That seems like a really obvious one that we totally missed. (laughs) I'm telling you, we were asleep when we did the season two overview. We get this new family in Hawkins and we see all the ways in which they're dysfunctional. Yes. So I think they're definitely the the Hargroves and the, the Mayfields. And and not just like struggling to become a family together, but also struggling to fit into this small town where everybody mm. already knows everybody. Yeah, and they're coming from California. Yeah, which is like, I mean, people in Hawkins, Indiana can't even fathom what that's like. They're very culturally different. Yes. The other theme that we talked about was trust. So we mentioned Steve's trust for Nancy, mm-hmm. which is big because I, I do think, I mean, she did cheat on him. They didn't call off their relationship. Yeah. And she did start to pursue a relationship with Jonathan without formally ending the relationship with Steve. Yeah. So Steve's trust for Nancy, I think, is a big one. I also think on the flip side, you can argue Nancy's trust for Steve because she Mm -hmm. didn't do well with him not taking her seriously about figuring out what happened to Barb. Right. The gang's trust for Max, which really was actually pretty similar to their trust for Elle in season one. Like, there were some that were on the fence, but others wanted to integrate her. I never really thought of that. Yeah, very similar. Max and Elle integrating into this group. Yeah, and Lucas and Mike kind of swapped roles in that sense. Yes, they did. Yeah. Joyce entrusting Bob with this information about her family, but also Bob's just 
trust of this situation <laughs> and like willingness to become a part of it. Yeah, he's just he's he's got nothing to lose apparently. Yeah, we talked about how the scenes of kind of looping Bob in ran parallel to the scenes of Lucas trying to bring Max into the fold and how Max took the information versus how Bob took the information. Yeah. And Bob was so immediately trustworthy, whereas Max was very skeptical. Um, skeptical. Yeah. We didn't mention the trust for Owens on the part of the whole cast. Yeah. So we get this new white coat in Hawkins National Lab, and prior to Owens, our white coat was Brenner. So we knew we don't trust white coat yeah. in the lab. But we have to, as the audience and as the characters, begin to trust Owens. Yeah. So I said that goes for Joyce, Hopper, and Will because they are the ones who are obviously spending the most time with Owens. Mm-hmm. And Joyce is trusting Owens to take care of her son. But then also Jonathan and Nancy yeah. have to kind of accept the information that Owens gives them. So I think Owens was a big one that we didn't talk about. And he's an interesting one, too, because all of our characters who do end up coming to trust him are sort of put in a situation where they're forced to trust him. Like, they don't really have a choice but to believe him and do what he says. Exactly. Yeah, he's like the one who's, I don't want to say in power. Yeah. But there's nobody else who can help these people. Right. Like, he's literally their only chance at finding out what is going on. Right, and part of it is just because nobody else has the context. Right. Like, this is such a big secret. You can only talk to people and get help from people who are in on it. Yeah, exactly. And and he's one of the people who has the power to actually help and do something about it, so mm. they're kind of left with no other option. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it ends up being a good choice. It does. So, trust for Owens is big. And again, I've said this before, I don't know what we were doing when we were writing the <laughs> overview for season two, and we mentioned trust, Yeah, but we didn't mention the gang's trust for Dustin, Dustin. who domesticated a Demogorgon, <laughs> or at least attempted to. Which is a triple D. It is. Dustin domesticated a Demogorgon. Wow. We're rolling out. We are rolling out with this, <laughs> with this theme here. <laughs> So I don't know. The gang's trust for Dustin was pretty fractured, I think, in this this season. Big time. Especially, like, I think this lays a good groundwork, too, for the dynamic of Dustin's relationship with the rest of the group in season three. Yes. Because he kind of did this to himself in season two. Yeah. And then he sort of pays the price for it in season three. Which is so good. And I'm so happy you mentioned that because it obviously is a big part of our theories. Oh, yeah. Later. Oh, I'm excited. And the last thing that we didn't mention with trust was Elle's exploration of who she can trust. So I think it was Mm. kind of looped into the where does she go, who is home, what is family. But she needs to figure out of these three groups, who can she trust? And of course, you know where she lands. Right. But I think her seeking trust and truth was a big part of season two for Elle's journey. That's a good one. I didn't really think of that one because I felt like... That's just sort of Elle's whole thing. Like, yeah, she just never knows who she can trust. But I think in season two, it's pretty prevalent because she's seeking this family and this belonging. Mm-hmm. And she's just bouncing around trying to figure out who that is. Right. It's more of an active pursuit mm-hmm. versus like a passive. That makes sense. Who can I trust at any given moment? Yes. We talked about intuition and we mentioned Joyce and Hopper as always. As always. As always. 
We also talked about Mike knowing that Will was the spy. So, like, Mike having that sixth sense. Mm -hmm. But we didn't mention if Dustin had intuition with Dart, like, knowing that he could tame this thing. I can, like, I don't know. Something feels like I can make this creature bend to my will or that kind of, like, does Dustin have intuition with the creatures a little bit? I can fix him. Like a zoo. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to tell Dustin, you can't fix him, no, okay? you can't. You can't, honey. Move on. He is how he is. <laughs> but I I like that, though, because it, it just makes me think of him in the tunnels, just immediately knowing, like, yes. he can protect his friends. And again, before he even realized it was Dart, but he just, I don't know, he he had this inkling that he knew what to do. Somebody make Dustin into, like, a zookeeper. Right? Oh, man. He'd be good at that job, too. Yeah. And then for intuition, we didn't mention Nancy and Murray. Yeah. Like, I just feel like they are both very intuitive characters. And very much on the same wavelength. I kind of love what we uncovered about Nancy and Murray. Yeah. This season, they feel like kindred spirits in a weird way. They do. I, I love that Murray treats Nancy as his equal, I think. Yes. Like, his intellectual equal. Yes. And, like, at first, I I think on the first watch, I wasn't sure how I felt about Murray because he's very abrasive. He is. But I think that he speaks to people that way when he knows they will understand. Like, I think he speaks to Nancy like that a lot. of Like, when he's like, you're being naive, Nancy. That's what I'm thinking Mm of. Like, at first I was like, ew, he's so mean to her. But it's not that. It's that he knows she's better than that. Yeah, and she can handle it. Yes. For sure. Okay, the other theme was rebellion and freedom, and I think the next couple are dichotomies. So yeah, rebellion slash freedom. So we did mention Elle going from one prison-like lifestyle to the next Mm -hmm. and her pursuit of freedom. Yeah. Is Elle rebelling? Is she seeking freedom? It's hard to say. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. Mm -hmm. And then we also mentioned Mike having some behavioral issues because he is angry. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to productively channel that emotion. He doesn't really have the outlet, I don't think, until we see him embrace Hopper. Like, Hopper is the one person besides Joyce who can understand where his frustrations are coming from truly. Yeah. So Mike is just dealing with all this pent-up rage because he can't express this productively yes and i like that you mentioned that too because you know when he when he sees l again for the first time it sort of just releases all this pent-up anger and then yes he makes hopper his literal punching bag yes he just has to come out like just has has to he has to swing i think the duffer brothers captured so well though the limitations that exist with certain age groups and their ability to understand and express emotion yeah so like I have not studied child psychology or adolescent psychology, but I do know that there are limitations as far as like emotional expression are concerned. So usually when you're a teenager, everything kind of comes out. I don't know how to explain it. It's like very extreme. Yeah. It's like physically too. Yeah. You're not, you don't have the words yet. Like your brain isn't doing that yet. Literally. Yeah. So Mike's very emotional outburst at the end of season two is just such a good way to demonstrate that exact thing i mean it's like how a lot of times like teenagers you know boys and girls really and you know dudes who haven't matured past teenager will punch holes in walls there you go yep 
Like Billy. Yep. He's a good example. He is. We didn't mention, though, in Rebellion and Freedom, Nancy taking the chance of being with Jonathan. So I think we can put this in this category because we spent a lot of time harping on, is Jonathan the rebellious choice Mm. for somebody like Nancy? Right. So is her allowing herself to be with Jonathan a little bit of an act of rebellion on Nancy's part? Yeah, I always thought so a little bit. Like, it's just kind of the the unsafe choice, if you will, or the, the unexpected choice. And it sort of goes along with Nancy's whole arc of becoming someone who people don't view her as, like Mm -hmm. doing the opposite of what people expect of her, I guess. Honestly, I think if Steve had like gone along with that, she would have stayed with him, but she was just kind of going a different direction. So it's hard to say for sure if it was a rebellious choice or not. The other dichotomy that we had mentioned was revenge and justice. So we obviously mentioned Nancy's pursuit of justice for Barb. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we put that up against Kali's pursuit of revenge from yes. like on those from the lab who wronged her, who she felt like wronged her. So how do you handle this pent up emotion? Do you do you seek justice or do you seek revenge? Yes, I I loved when we talked about this dichotomy because I never really thought about how closely related those two ideas are. And you could argue like I'm sure Kali would think she is getting justice. Right. And I'm sure Nancy could also see herself as seeking revenge. Yeah. But it really is. There's a very fine line. There is. We didn't mention, though, I I feel like Joyce's insistence on killing the Mind Flayer does sort of feel a little bit revengey slash justice-y. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, with saving Will at the foreground, Joyce has got a bone to pick with these creatures. She's like, get out of my boy. Yeah, and she's having these flashbacks of the demodogs killing Bob and stuff. That too. There's like a justice piece there. Yeah. Right. Is it justice or revenge? Yeah. Who's to say? Right. Not us. Not us. We're just here to point out the word. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what they mean. (laughs) (laughs) And then our last theme that we had talked about was trauma. Which, like, I don't know. This just, I don't even know if we need to say this anymore. So we mentioned Will's trauma and the anniversary effect. Mm -hmm. We did a whole episode on that. We mentioned Elle's terrible wound. We mentioned Kali using revenge to cope with her trauma. Mike's trauma of losing Elle. Max's trauma of living with Billy. Mm -hmm. But we did not mention Joyce's hypervigilance with Will as a result of her trauma. So, like, dropping him off at the arcade, sitting outside the Mm -hmm. snowball, that kind of thing. Billy's trauma at the hands of his father, we did not mention. Yes. Nancy's desire to avenge Barb as a response to her own trauma and guilt. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we didn't mention that. And also Hopper's trauma of losing Sarah. We didn't mention any of those things. How? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What show is this? I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, those were our themes that we had originally thought of, and we kind of expanded upon them a bit. Yes. So next, we just wanted to talk about a few themes that kind of came up for us as we were doing this rewatch that we did not think of the first time around. So the first is sacrifice. And under this umbrella, we've included Bob's sacrifice, which we're, we're kind of putting in quotes because yeah. did he sacrifice himself to the demodogs on purpose? I don't know. While I don't think he got killed on purpose, I, I do feel that him 
getting attacked by the demodogs definitely gave the others enough time to escape. Yeah, even if it wasn't conscious on his part. Right. It still was a sacrifice. So shout out to Bob for that. And Bob also, like before that, was making sacrifices just to be with Joyce and, and make things right for the boys. So I think I think he counts as a sacrificial Agreed. character. Another sacrifice we saw throughout this season was Steve. Steve makes a lot of sacrifices throughout this season for other people. So, like, he sacrifices going to talk to Nancy and or finding her, pursuing her in order to help out Dustin. He puts himself at risk many times to help the kids, like, going out to, to go beat the demodogs. And he also protects Lucas by grabbing Billy off of him and getting the absolute shit kicked out of him to protect yep. the kids. <laughs> in, in fact, he realistically, he could have just handed Max over. He could have to literally just be like, well, yeah, her, your sister's here. Yep. Here you go. I know. But he didn't do that. I know. So yeah, like Steve didn't really have a, a dog in this fight, so to speak, with Max because he didn't really know her, but he gave up taking the easy way out to protect her and the other kids. This random girl. Random girl. Yeah. And then Owens. Yeah. He makes, I don't want to say a, a good amount of sacrifices in the series, but like the sacrifices he does make are large. Like, okay. yeah, are significant. Makes sense. Yeah. So, like, he, you know, stays in the lab to help direct the others out mm-hmm. while it's crawling with demodogs. Then, you know, once Hopper saves him, he goes out of his way and potentially puts himself at risk of, like, getting fired to protect Elle and yeah. pr- produce a fake birth certificate, which is wild. Yeah. So... That is a sacrifice. That, like, could have... that. I mean, he could... I hate... This isn't... He's not a lawyer, but, like, he could be disbarred. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he could lose his entire... His whole life. His whole life. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you can go to federal prison for that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a huge one. Yeah. So, like, the sacrifices Owens does make in the in the series and in the season are significant when he does make them. Agreed. Yeah. Another theme we didn't mention originally is... Science versus morality. And we talked a little bit about this in the gate episode, just how like our characters or mostly our like scientist characters like Owens Mm. are kind of straddling this line between the pursuit of science and morality, humanity and ethics. Mm -hmm. So like we have this dichotomy between Owens and Brenner and the ways that they view science and humanity and morality and it's quite different. Brenner will go much further, it seems like, than Owens. True. Like, imagine the scene in this this conference room where Owens is looking at the MRI of Will's brain on the projector and all the scientists yeah. are like, well, frankly, if he dies, he dies. Like, how would Brenner have reacted to that? I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if Brenner would have gotten to that point. No. I feel like Brenner would have been like, all right, kill this kid. Yeah. Like, what are we even doing? Right. We don't need him. He would have kept him alive for the sole purpose of studying. Of studying him. Yeah. They would have done the burn just to watch what it did to Will. Right. Wow. That is such a great point. But like a differentiation between Owens and Brenner. Yeah. Put Brenner in season two mm-hmm. and have him deal with Will and yeah. see how he dealt with Will. Yeah. Here's the kid that you made a fake body for. What are you going to do with him? Right. Like it It would not have gone that way at all if it was wow. Brenner. So yeah, we, we definitely see the differences between those two men of science, quote unquote, and how far they're willing to go. And then Dustin actually kind of falls under this category, too, (laughs) because he is very interested in the pursuit of science and discovering this new species when he keeps Dart for a while. But it's also like him realizing that it's an upside down creature and 
what does that tell him he needs to do? So he really, yeah. he struggles with that too. The next keep theme. Keep it in the fridge. Yes, keep it in the fridge. <laughs> the next theme uh, we didn't mention the first time was secrecy, which there's so much secrecy in the season. Like what? This again, whole show. We were sleeping. Like <laughs> We were asleep. Yeah. We were literally sleeping. Yeah, clearly. So secrecy is a huge theme in the season. Uh, Dustin hiding dart, obviously. That's, massive. I mean, a massive secret, right? Hopper hiding L again. Massive. Massive secret. Nancy, Jonathan, and Murray exposing the lab's dirty secrets. Huge. Yes. And <laughs> Major there's, plot point. And there's even like the added kind of layer there that they're actually not even telling the whole truth still. Yeah. It's still a secret yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And Lucas cluing Max into the truth. Yeah. So much secrecy. Playing God. Just God in general, really. Like there's a lot of religious themes. I mean, that's kind of present throughout the entire show. It's sort of hard to do really any media without religious themes nowadays. But Mm -hmm. playing God was a big one, too. We were definitely both sort of like shocked at how much religious imagery and just like general religious themes that we found in in this watch through. So Kali and Henry parallels between them, like how they both feel kind of infallible, how they both believe the ends justifies the means dishing out punishment, their stances on showing mercy. Mm. There's a lot of uh, Old Testament up in here, I would say. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Old Testament. Old Testament yeah. hits. <laughs> when the Old Testament hits. <laughs> happy Easter weekend, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy Easter. <laughs> Jesus rose today. Oh, my God. Not today. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. But yes. So they say. <laughs> anyway. Also, when we saw that Last Supper parallel. <laughs> so wild. In um, when all those scientists are at that long table and it literally is posed like the Last Supper. I mean, it looks exact, exactly yeah. like that because someone's getting betrayed. Yep. So when the Judas hits. When- <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm done. Anyway, and a final theme that we didn't talk about that we actually kind of just came up with here on the spot is... <laughs> awakenings and realizations in people this epiphanies yeah epiphanies like so many characters go through these major kind of awakenings in their character like steve getting his thump on the head mm-hmm. billy definitely has a moment of realization when max kind of goes wild on him who else oh we said owens. oh owens yes owens has a, a moment of realization in this season when you know he kind of finds that line between science and humanity you could even ll has an awakening in her own way True. you could argue hopper does I just too. think it's yeah i'm glad we thought of that okay i think i mean if we didn't get everything we certainly got most <laughs> i know for real hopefully we got some that maybe you didn't think of or maybe we're missing something super obvious but you know I think we're good on theory. Yeah, on, I agree. On, uh, on themes. Yeah, and if we think of more, d- don't worry, we will tell you. I'm sure we, we can't will help ourselves. <laughs> okay, so the last thing we want to do is we want to talk about theories that people had at the end of season two. These are so good. <laughs> some of, them some are- of these are like they are. I, I don't. They're just perfect. I'm already laughing. So I did this in. I did this where I picked two articles that were immediately following the release of season two. So. The first one was from October 31st, 2017. So what is that? Like a mere four days yeah. <laughs> after the release of season two, people were already 
theorizing and writing articles. How many times could you have possibly watched this entire season in like three days? Like, I feel like in order to formulate like really good theories and fully understand what you're watching, I feel like it takes more than one watch through. It does. I would agree. So let's see what people thought of. So this is from W Magazine. It's an article called Stranger Things Season 3 Predictions, Everything We Know and Want to Know. And like I said, this is from October 31st, 2017, a mere four days after the release of Season 2. Eleven is going to go after Brenner, potentially with Kali, and Terry will snap out of her stupor to also assist. Not the worst. Not the worst. And I think we were left in Season 2 with this, like, uh, Brenner... He's alive. See, I wasn't at all. <laughs> like, not based on what Ray Carroll said. No, I, you I just didn't think Brenner was still. You thought he was just BSing. Yeah, I thought it was just BSing to get out of that situation. I, hmm. I did not walk away from season two thinking Brenner was alive at all. I was actually just gonna say, what about season two told people that Brenner was alive? I guess. I mean, he was right. Yeah, yeah, he was right. I, yeah, I, I don't know. My brain did not come to that conclusion, but okay. Many other people did, apparently. Yeah. People thought there was going to be, like, a Brenner hunt. Yeah. In season three. Which I love. I mean, that would have been fun. A Brenner showdown. Yeah. We're going to meet the other numbers. Mm. This was a good theory for season three, but it was a bit premature. Yes. I do think that we had the reveal that there were other numbers. Yes. Concretely. I mean, obviously, we could have deduced the fact that L was 11 that there were other numbers. Brenner wouldn't just be like, I like the number 11. You are 11. And he wouldn't have had one, two, three, four. Yeah. But people thought we were going to start getting the reveal of more numbers in season three. And we didn't. We did not. It, we it didn't. It feels fair from season two to believe that season three would, would hold that secret. Yeah. Like, all right, keep uncovering them. Right. You know? This was a huge one. I read a couple different articles, and this one was consistent. Hopper and Dustin are both infected by the Mind Flayer, or some kind of upside-down critter. So both of them were at once point tangled up by the Mind Flayer's vines and sprayed in the face with a mysterious substance. This is a quote, by the way. Could this substance belong to the hive mind? Will the two become the Mind Flayer's next spies? Will they be experiencing now memories in season three? Honestly, such a good theory. Yeah, so Dustin and Hopper are the next victims of the Upside Down's fauna. Marina and I talked about this the other day, how, like, they made a point to show us Hopper and Dustin get sprayed in the face by these spores, and then nothing ever comes of it. It's just forgotten. Yeah, nothing ever happens with it. Like, how is that possible? That seems like something you really shouldn't get in your mouth. It is also wild that there was such an emphasis placed in season one and season two of cover your damn mouth when you're in the upside down. So the implication is if you don't do that, that's not good. And then Dustin and Hopper end up, you know. Taking a direct hit. Yeah. And nothing comes of it. Right. I mean, people don't go into the upside down without like full hazmat gear. (laughs) Uh, But like they're fine from that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either, but people, I, this one comes up again. People really thought Hopper and Dustin were going were gonna to see the consequences of being spit on. That was a good theory. Agreed. And then our last theory from this article, which is my personal favorite because of the reason. The Demodog that Stephen Dustin uh-huh. stored in the buyer's fridge is going to come back to haunt them. Reason being, they like it cold. <laughs> And they chose to store the Demodog in a fridge. So did they think, like, the cold was going to somehow bring it back to life? Yeah. Like, what? Like, like true Evanescence. Bring me yes. back to life. Yes. 
Wow. Bring me to life. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So they the, the theory was that the demodog in the buyer's fridge was going to like reincarnate. And I'm just imagining like Joyce goes in there. One, Jonathan. Jonathan goes in there one morning. He's going to get the eggs. Yeah, of course. And all of a sudden there's a demodog in there alive and well. <laughs> it's like I ate your eggs. And then he attacks <laughs> them and kills them. And then the show is over forever. Okay. But that's another thing that feels like significant that they just never touched upon yeah, again. Like, where where to go? It, you can't imagine that after this whole debacle, sometime between the end of season two, the gate closing, and the snowball, Joyce had to access her fridge, right? So at some point. She had to have gone in the fridge. I so don't. where, what happened with this? Did they bury it in the backyard? I don't know. Next to the other dog yes. that just disappeared. Yes, next to the <laughs> season one. Next to the regular dog. <laughs> so yeah, what happened to the dog, the demodog in the buyer's fridge? Who knows? DBs. Okay. So this next article is from The Hollywood Reporter. It was called Stranger Things, Seven Predictions for Season 3. And this was from November 3rd, 2017. Okay, so like a week now has passed. Okay. (laughs) Wow, a whole week. Maybe you got two watch-throughs in there if you did nothing else. Yes. (laughs) We are going to leave Hawkins again. People thought that we were going to leave Hawkins like we did in The Lost Sister. Okay. And there were two or three uh, reasons for this. Either by following Steve to college. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not immersed anymore with this theory. This theory really took me out of it. Yeah. I don't want to go to college with Steve. No. Going on college tours Ew. with Nancy and John. Like, who the fuck Boo. wants to? <laughs> <laughs> Boo. You, you stink. stink. <laughs> oh, brother. This guy stinks. <laughs> we are so sorry. This is your theory. <laughs> Um, nobody wants to go on college tours in the Stranger Things. In Stranger Things, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I will say. People want to go on college you tours, should. just not in Stranger Things. Yes, and if you're out there thinking about college, do not pick a college without touring it, okay? A great piece of advice. Thank you. And then they thought there was going to be another L. Collie reunion in some capacity, so leaving Hawkins in any of these ways. That's a decent theory. The next one I call the many mind flayer theory. Ooh. And this was fun. This was the questioning if the mind flayers are a species rather than a single entity. <laughs> it's horrifying. Many mind flayers. That's very Multiple scary. mind flayers. A multitude of mind flayers. Like, <laughs> and then I was trying to figure out what would their species like group word be? Mm-hmm. Like a herd, a gaggle, a pack, <laughs> Or a murder. See, and I think I settled on a murder. That makes the most sense. A murder of mind flayers. Yes, just like a murder of crows. Exactly. I'm just imagining a bunch of mind flayers. Like, like, would they hunt alone? <laughs> yeah. Would the females hunt? Like, if they were, a lo- like, lions? Like, and then the male doesn't hunt? I was just trying to figure out, like, what their... <laughs> like, what would their um, roles be? Yeah, like, what the, like, their e- ecology of them would be. Is that the right word? I think Probably so. Probably not. I don't know. But I, I know what you mean. But, like, also, would they be a, a unique species that's, like, they don't have genders? Like, they don't they sure. do not do that? Or maybe they're, like, seahorses. Yeah. Where they can kind of go between genders and that's so the fun. men can carry the baby. Oh, God. Baby right? mind flayers. So many questions about these mind flayers. I mean, yes, baby mind flayers. Are they, do they hatch? Like, are they egg? Are they cold-blooded? Are they warm-blooded? Do They've they got to be cold-blooded. Like, like, show up out of thin air made of smoke? Like, <laughs> just wisps? Yeah. Here come the wisps. So, yeah, there was this many mind flayer theory, and we were going to see, is this one entity or are there multiple? Very cool. Yeah. 
This one people had nailed down from the get-go, and I was pretty impressed. I do not understand. This is a week post. A week? Season two. A week. Billy will be flayed. How? I don't know, but what the article said was that Dacre gave an interview, and based on some context clues, they were able to deduce that Billy would be the next target. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, how did they? I know. How? So fast. I know. So Billy Will Be Flayed was a prediction as early on as November 3rd, 2017. Wow. Here we go again. Dustin's and Hopper's encounter with the spores in the Upside Down is going to be an issue. A perfectly sound theory. Very sound. Never saw anything about it. Yep. And then we were starting as early as season three with the Steve Harrington is going to die theories. (laughs) This was like post-season two, people had deemed his character arc as over with. They were like, okay, he's not got the girl. He doesn't really have anywhere else to go as far as his arc is concerned. So he is now going to die. That was like very much already starting up. Everybody just gave up on him. (laughs) I know. And I also think it really sells him short as a character to say his arc ended with Nancy choosing Jonathan. Right. Like, like. That's they not purposely integrated him, yeah, into the party in a different way in right. season two. Right. How could they see the way that he and Dustin become friends and, like, come to that conclusion? I don't know. Yeah. And then the quote was, this is actually kind of funny to, to picture. The scenario in which Steve comes home from school for the holidays and gets drawn into the Upside Down one last time, sacrificing himself in the name of his friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does do that in season four. It does. Yeah. He does. Also, what do they mean gets drawn into the upside? Well, I guess he was in the tunnels. But I was going to say, was he ever in the upside down? I don't know. I'm picturing a season three now where Steve got flayed and not Billy. Whoa. That would have been interesting, actually. It would have been. And everyone was really so sure that Steve was going to go to college. I mean, I'm glad we all had faith in him. We did. The other thing that I thought was so funny reading these is before we got the trailer, which I'm about to talk about, Mm -hmm. before we got the trailer, nobody considered that this would be a summer season. Everybody had it like pinned that it was going to be the holidays as usual Mm -hmm. or around that time of year. Nobody had it pinned that this was going to be in the summer. Which makes sense because the only context we had was that a year passes between seasons. Yes, so, right, and this was less than a year. Right, like, so it makes sense that we would assume that another year is going to pass. Yeah, which is actually funny when you think about it being less than a year. It's almost like the incidents are getting closer and closer together. Oh, like, yeah. Like, okay, so a year passed, and now it's only been, like, eight months. And then, it, and then like, it's, like, six months. creepy, yeah. sort of. July to March. Right. November to July. Math. My last article is from Refinery29, and it is from July 1st, 2019. Okay. This is three days before the season aired on Netflix. Just one. Just one flick. And the reason why I chose this one was because at this point, we'd already had the season three trailer drop on March 20th, 2019. And Amanda and I both watched it again. We did. Because it's just so good. We get not only um, Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue, but we get the iconic Baba O'Reilly by The Who. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a good trailer. It is. It's a really good trailer. Like, they just, like, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. They really, Um, they killed that. So all of these theories have the trailer in mind. Okay. Because it it was already out. Yes. So the first one is Billy is flayed. Again, we are back. Wild. This was massive. People were using his promotional poster 
okay, to argue that he was hiding his arm, which if you look at the poster, you'll see it holds up as a theory. He has his one arm behind his back because that's the arm. Wow. I know. That's good. I know. And in the trailer, you see uninfected arm. You don't see whose arm it is. You see uninfected arm. Mm -hmm. So people were like, oh, we see an arm in the trailer and this character is holding his arm behind his back in his promotional poster. So people were piecing together that puzzle. That is impressive. I know. People had this pinned very early and they were right. That is impressive for sure. Yeah. Hopper is also flayed. Oh. People thought this based on a voiceover from the trailer. They were saying that the voice was indistinguishable between Billy's and Hop's. Maybe this was a second trailer because I didn't pick up on a voiceover in the the OG trailer. But people were saying they couldn't tell if it was Billy's voice or Hop's voice saying something about whatever he says when they're in Hopper's cabin and he's talking to Elle. Oh, we've like we've been building it. We built this. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. This is my personal favorite. (laughs) I can't. This, this this theory cannot is the best theory I've ever read. It was that Karen Wheeler is going to die and I'm going to tell you why. Wait till you find out how. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So here's the quick gist and then I'm going to read it right from Reddit. Karen and Billy, who is flayed, remember, we've deduced that Billy is flayed, are going to have a full-blown affair that will result in her getting pregnant with a mind flayer spawn, and she will die giving birth. That's <laughs> <laughs> so horrible. So I'm going um, to read this theory straight from Reddit, and it was posted four years ago by a user called Maple Key. It's a fun name. Shout out to Maple Key. All right. We find out early in the season that Karen and Billy have been in an ongoing sexual relationship for the last few months. After Billy becomes host for the Mind Flayer, they meet for a hookup like usual. Of course. And Billy impregnates her with some sort of abomination. Okay. It grows incredibly fast and eventually gives us the heartbreaking scene that the cast keeps teasing us about. Mike and Nancy being forced to watch as their own mother gets burst open from the inside. Yikes. <laughs> I can't even imagine this in execution. Like, I'm trying to picture the scene. Horrible. And it's not working. My brain isn't putting together the, the components. It's just, it's just giving Bella giving birth to Ricerone. Ricerone. <laughs> <laughs> Rendezvous. <laughs> Resume. <laughs> like please upload your cv below we we saw that movie in theaters and i legitimately like blacked out for a second when kristen stewart like breaks her back that's what it reminds me of oh god but amanda and i were also talking this is just such an overdone trope of like human woman impregnated with monster can't live through childbirth like right but really the best part of this theory was the one comment on it and it was as the dad just nonchalantly reads the paper the dad <laughs> imagine imagine karen wheeler going through this horrific death and ted is just there reading the fucking paper <laughs> honey are you gonna get the door <laughs> ted <laughs> allies <laughs> so that 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 was my favorite <laughs> wow yeah. What a theory. 
What a what a time. I love that also they were like, yeah, we're going to get that heartbreaking scene that they were teasing us about. This is this is funny. This is not it heartbreaking. Is it's, it's just not heartbreaking. funny. It is comedy. <laughs> Pure comedy. Uh, all right, moving on. Billy, Steve, or Jonathan will also die. So we know that Steve and Jonathan are spared, but we can't say the same for Billiam. Mm-hmm. He dies in, in season three. Yeah. This isn't really a theory, but there was a whole Demogorgons are friends thing going on, you know, based solely on Dustin's ability to more or less tame Dart in season two. There was this theme that Demogorgons can be made docile. So if you, you know, water them a bit, <laughs> feed them not after midnight. No. They will warm to you and be friends. Yeah. Maybe we can live in harmony with the Demogorgons. Yeah. A world where we can live in harmony. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate it. Um, and then this one was the one that we kind of got a little bit alluded to. The gang as we know it is going to break up. I mean, so I kind of got chills at this right? because the trailer, after rewatching it, I noticed that this was such a prominent implication for basically the entirety of the trailer, Mike's voiceover is going, I mean, what did you think? We were just going to sit in my basement all day, play games for the rest of our lives. So right there, mm-hmm. that in and of itself speaks to the fact that this, is, this isn't the same. Yeah. We're moving on. We're growing up. We can't do this forever. I know. I'm crying know. and getting chills at the same time. <laughs> it's weird. It's a lot of sensations. But there was also a lot of visual emphasis on this concept in the trailer of these people all being separate. Yeah. So the gang leaving Dustin on the hill with Cerebro, you got him standing there alone and them all retreating down the hill. Amanda, you look like you are about to burst into <laughs> tears. It just makes me sad. <laughs> I know. Um, Will looking at their old pictures yeah. in Castle Byers, Dustin reconnecting with Steve, and Max and Elle together. So the point was not that the gang is going to be just like fractured and destroyed. It was that it was going to be not the same as we knew it to be. Yes. Which is, yeah. that's, that's a true theory. That did happen. It is. It is. So I thought that was really a good catch back when the, the trailer dropped. Like, the gang is all here, but not together. Right. And then lastly, we already were getting a time jump theory. Like, that this was going to jump to the 90s, but for season four. Okay. So, like, they were saying, okay, so season three, blah, blah. And then this, I hated it. I hated it all, and I'm sorry to leave us on this note. <laughs> They were saying that they could jump to them in their early 20s. I know. I've heard that. I hate this. I know. Like, I, I've seen before that a, a season four theory is that we're going to catch up with the kids in, like, their first year of college. No. I reject it. Yeah. Which would end up being sometime in the early 90s, probably, like, 92 season or so. Season five theory. Yes. I'm sorry. Season five theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's it for our theories. Yes. And then the only other thing that I did here... I did a season two score standouts. Woo! So we're going to talk about the season two score really quick. I'm going to rattle off the best pieces of it. Best of the best. Let's go. The best of the best. And I just want to start off by saying, I feel like I really didn't appreciate this score at first, but now I do. I always thought that it was a lot more atmospheric mm-hmm. and less listenable. There weren't as many melodies to be pulled out of it that were catchy, but listening to it all season long, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So disc one, because there are two discs to the season two score, Walkin' and Hawkins. That's a really good one. It's whimsical. It is. I like it. And it reminds me of Halloween. Spooky. Home, because this is this season's version of Kids. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know it either, but Kids is in there. The melody from Kids is in Home, and each score has a Kids on it. So Home is season two's Kids. Eulogy. Beautiful. 
Yes, I just named the first three songs in order. (laughs) (laughs) Eulogy sounds a lot like a song by Walk the Moon. Mm. Yes, it does. Called Tiger Teeth, and it is beautiful. Tiger Teeth, yes. If you like like the sound of Eulogy, go listen to that song by Walk the Moon. Presumptuous for Max. Cute. The first lie. I mean. Please. Enough enough said. Enough said as it is. I can save them, but you have to let it kick in. Okay. It's not right there. You got to give it a minute. Descent into the rift, but like at 40 seconds. Okay. Got to wait. Okay. In the woods is sneaky. Ooh. Very sneaky. Sneaky. Soldiers. That one goes hard. Please. (laughs) That one goes hard. (laughs) Soldiers is the one that we want to like do our chores while it's playing. Yes. That's like the the productivity (laughs) song. The Return, which is the song that plays in the credits of The Mind Flayer. It plays in the credits right as Elle is returning from Chicago. It plays The Return. Beautiful. And I said you should play it at full volume in your car as you sob. And the person in the car next to you is mouthing, it's going to be okay. (laughs) And they don't know why you're sobbing. But The Return on repeat. The Hub When the Beat Drops at 28 Seconds. This is the song that plays when they're pouring gasoline all over The Hub. And it's like... Undulating and industrial yes. and yes, yeah. And then um, levitation, which I don't actually know if we mentioned during our chapter on the gate. I don't think, so. but it plays. Yeah, it plays when L is closing the gate, and we. Um, this is the one that I personally think has a little bit of. <laughs> Amanda thought this was funny. I really enjoyed this. It has like a wild west whistling quality to it, <laughs> right? It just like kicks in right at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's, so uh, yeah. The Wild West, and I did say that it gives, like, L and the Mind Flayer, like, stepping out onto, like, a porch of a saloon yeah. in a ghost town, and there's a tumbleweed. Wah, wah, wah. Wee, wee, wee. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Said, it's not. Said the Mind Flayer. To L. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, she, like, puts her like takes her gun out of her holster and it's like she has to spin it around a few times though she got to spin it around a few times the horse is kicking up dust behind her <laughs> there's a tumbleweed there's a tumbleweed and the, the, the it's blowing so yeah and then disc two wow <laughs> what an image a, a familiar shape has a very weird laughing sound in it and i feel like we've heard this laughing sound and it is part of this it's like a rhythmic chuckle it sounds yeah. like tree slime <laughs> Reminds me of season four. Cool. And then I wanted to end on turn right and run for Bob Mm. to end out our season two discussion. Wow. Because it is the longest song on any of the soundtracks and it plays throughout Bob's entire run being chased death Mm. scene. RIP to Bob. Yeah. So that is my little roundup of music awesome and that's it that's it we've covered it all people we've done everything Whew. we can put no stone left unturned put season two to bed <laughs> nighty night season two <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about you some more i'm sure we will so that is that for season two everybody we are so excited to be moving on to season three it is my favorite season and it's bright and colorful and fun and summer it is so colorful and guess what we are getting started with season three right as summer is kicking off for us so we are going to take a little break after this episode yeah so our next episode this episode is going to release on april 12th 
We're going to not release the 19th of April or the 26th. So we're going to have two weeks without an episode. So I'm very sorry. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to kick back up on May 3rd because we want season three to be our summer. So it's going to be like May to September. Yes. Yes. So we are going to breeze through season three while we are breezing through summer. And I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to be at the pool. Yep. It's a bad place. Bad place to record, but we'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we're going to take... Two weeks off of posting. Yes. So we will be back May 3rd, first Wednesday in May. See you there. Out here in the field. <laughs> so listen listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> to prepare. Yes, to prepare yourself. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon, everybody. Rate us on apps. Please do. Rate us, rate us where you can. Yeah. Yeah, and keep interacting with us on Instagram. We love it. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. All right, everybody. Okay. See you very soon. And in the meantime, stay, stay strange, Mr. Rich. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall. <laughs>